Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors in over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. God's grace, God's mercy, God's peace. Grace is God, you send great blessings. New every morning throughout our days. And those blessings come under grace, under mercy, and under peace. In his name, amen, you may be seated. It is a Sunday of Thanksgiving. The text is found in the book of Job. It is the 10th chapter and the 12th verse. And Job says this of God. You gave me life. Never forget El Salvador five years ago, El Salvador three years ago. The eight-year-old and the 12-year-old getting up and leading the worship service in prayer. And the first thing that came out of their mouths, the little girls, they said, thank you, God, that I woke up alive today. When they go to El Salvador in January, the main project they'll not be able to go to this time. Too dangerous now with the gangs. They said, Lord, we thank you that we woke up alive today. Job said, you gave me life. And secondly, he said, you showed me kindness. And when Job thought of kindness, he meant this, verse 2. Job had seven sons and three daughters. He had 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 ox, 500 donkeys, large number of servants. He had so much property and wealth, that he was the greatest man among all the peoples of the East. And the Bible says that every single day, Job offered up a sacrifice to God. He said, you give me life, you give me kindness. And when he thought about kindness, he thought about everything that God had bestowed. And finally, Job said, I give you praise because your providence has watched over my spirits. You know what is best for me, is what Job is saying. Your providence has watched over my spirits. It is of vast importance that each one of us stop often and recount God's blessings We recount his mercies, and we recount his deliverances. In my estimation, there are three categories for which to give thanks to God. One is blessing, one is mercy, one is deliverance. It is of vast importance that we enumerate by voice, the blessings, the mercies, and the deliverances that God has given us. 
In the Old Testament book of Deuteronomy, he tells the fathers and the mothers to enumerate the blessings, the mercies, and the deliverances that God has given so the children might hear of these things. Philemon 1.6 says, Be active in sharing your faith in the Lord Christ so that you'll have a full understanding of all the things that he has done for you. I'm going to change one word. Be active in sharing your thanksgiving concerning God, so you have a full understanding of all the blessings you have from him. They have to be listed on Thanksgiving Day. Someone is already designated to have the prayer. Some of you have already contacted me or Pastor Shower. Can you write a prayer for Thanksgiving that I can read? Usually it's the oldest one there. But sometimes the little ones get to pray. I suggest something else. I suggest that everyone sitting around the table, whether it is two or twenty... Each one around the table, ask them to give a blessing they've received from God in the past year. A mercy they received from God in the past year. Or a deliverance they've received from God in the past year. And then let the designated prayer on Thanksgiving Day... Lump all of them together and give thanks to God. It is important that we verbalize our thanksgiving. You look at the gospel, Luke 7, Luke 17. You look at ten lepers being healed. Nine of them say, great day for me, luck finally changed, God be praised. Back to my family, back to work. Only one of them came back and enumerated the blessing, the mercy, and the deliverance he had received from God. All three, when he was healed, a blessing, a mercy, and a deliverance from death. Only one comes back and enumerates the word of praise to Jesus. Did Jesus say to him, Oh, you need not have done that. That's all right. Did he say that? Did he say to him, You didn't need to give me thanks. It's all right. Did he say that? No. What did he say? He said, My goodness gracious, thank you for coming back and giving me thanks. Your faith in God has saved you, has made you well. This illness the man had, many a theologian believe he was not a believer. And when he was healed from this illness, he realized there was a God. And because of that illness, he comes back and he thanks God for the illness and the healing. If you asked the leper what changed his life, he'd have said, my leprosy. I wouldn't be in heaven if I hadn't been a leper. If you ask on the thief on the cross who had saved his life, 
He just said, the moment I was hanging next to Jesus. Be careful what you give thanks to God for. It shall not only be the blessings, people. It shall be the deliverances that God has granted. Be careful what you list as a blessing. Why do we worship? Book of Isaiah, book of Hebrews, tell us why we worship. It says in Isaiah, you come to God's house to share stories about God. Book of Hebrews says you come to God's house to share stories about God. Which stories do you share? Three categories. His power. Let's create the worlds. His love. Let me send my son to die for them. His wisdom. He keeps everything in the world and everything in your life and mine on a daily basis under his loving control. Why do you come to worship? Tell stories about God. When you hear the stories, you're uplifted. When my mom died two and a half months ago, we gathered together. Mark, L, Tim, Rebecca, and myself. And we told stories about mom. And I said, I never knew that. When Becky told a story, and I said, I never knew that when Al told a story. And when I told stories, they said, I never knew that. Same thing when my dad passed away two years ago. Two days ago his anniversary. We told stories about dad. And I came to understand dad a whole lot better than ever had while he's on this earth. Came to understand him a whole lot better when Becky told stories about him that I never realized and Al and Mark and Tim. I needed to hear those stories about dad so I wasn't so tough on him as I had been. We gather to hear stories about God for 158 years. We've told stories about God. The pastors in the pulpit, the teachers in the school. What does it do for you? It reminds you that he is in your life. Guarding and protecting and taking that which Satan means for your harm. And turning it into good. I'll listen to the doctor. My time is almost up. Last week, Joshua, 24th chapter. He's getting ready to die. He'll die in a couple of months. And before he dies, he gathers the Israelites, three million. Sends six tribes to Mount Ebal. Sends six tribes to the other Mount Gerizim. And he says to them, 
Before I die, I must confront you with something. Many of you are still worshiping the gods you worshipped in Egypt. Many of you are worshiping the idols of the Amorites, the nation you just conquered. Some of you are worshiping Jehovah. He says to them, I know why you are worshiping the gods of Egypt and Amorites. Because you can see those gods. When Moses went to get the Ten Commandments, come back down us many, many days later. They've made a golden calf. They said to Moses, we couldn't see God. We can see the calf. Joshua said to the people, you say you can't see God. Let me ask you this. After 400 years of slavery in Egypt, who got you out of there when Pharaoh didn't want to let you go? God, who opened up the waters of the Red Sea, God, who brought the manna, who brought the quail, God, who stopped the fiery serpents after they had killed a hundred thousand Israelite, God, who brought the water out of the rock when Moses struck it with his staff, God, who delivered you from the Hittites, the Amorites, the Girgashites, When you are numbered a thousand to one, God, you say you cannot see him, but who else did these things? And the people said to him, God has done these things. And they brought out their idols and they had a huge bonfire and they burned every single one of them. And for generations to come, they remembered the stories about God. Job lost everything. Sons and daughters dead. Chaldeans and Sabians killing his servants, stealing his cattle and oxen. His own health, his body covered with boils, so painful he wants to die. He gets angry with God. He said, why have you withdrawn yourself from me? Do you even exist? God spent many chapters explaining to Job who he was. And at the end of Job, in the 42nd chapter, Job says, a verse I'd never seen before until this past week, when I was working on this message. Job said to God, my ears had heard about you. And when I had sons and daughters and cattle and everything else, my ears had heard that these blessings came from you. And then he said, but my eyes never saw you until everything was gone. Oh, my goodness gracious. My eyes never saw you until everything was gone. Great tragedy three weeks ago. Potential of tearing apart his family. I said to him, if you had to do it over again, he said instantly I'd make a different decision. 
And then I said to him, And if you had to make that different decision, and you cannot, you understand that God forgives you. And he said, yes, I understand God forgives me. And he said, Pastor, I actually thank God for what has happened. Because I was so, so far away from him, I didn't even know if I believed in him. But with this tragedy, I see him now. When Jonathan got his cancer 13 years ago now, my goodness, I saw God. I had heard about him and I had preached about him all those years. But not till then did I see God. He's been in prison for four years now. Sends letters on occasion. He sent one two weeks ago. Said to me in the letter, I would never, ever, ever have gotten this close to God had this tragedy not occurred. I hope and pray that this Thanksgiving, whoever's doing the cooking, however many people you have around the table, I hope it's the most blessed one as far as no illness, no nothing, just joy. But if it's a difficult one, I dare say that in the storms, you often see God in a way you never see him. As Job wisely stated, my ears had heard of you. But now my eyes have seen you. In our Lord's powerful name, amen. Would you rise as we pray? Speak forth, uh, Jesus said. He didn't say keep it quiet. He said, speak forth. Apostle Paul said, be bold. Gospel says, go into the deep waters, let down your net for a catch, not of fish, but of men. Lord, we can be very shallow when it comes to this matter of giving you thanks. If you blessed us, we give you thanks. If something bad happened, we say, I don't know if I believe in God. It's deep waters, this understanding of what thanksgiving is. And that understanding of what thanksgiving is can only come when we understand that God is absolute power, that he is absolute love towards us, and that he is absolute wisdom. Psalm 139, he guards every path and every step that Paul Strand takes. And in your wisdom, O Lord, and in your power and in your love, I trust you. May our faith evoke mountains of thanksgiving in our Lord's name. Amen. Lots of channels. Nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. 
It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel. Straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on local now, channel 525.